This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU bands everywhere, Tuesday, October 20th, wherever However, you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who has specifically requested his cardboard cutout be right next to Andy Reid's for Saturday's game against Texas State. His name is Jason Shepard. Yeah, look, I don't know who actually is right next to Andy, but actually what I, and I've taken it a step further since we had this discussion, I've actually asked to be placed in between Andy and Daniel Sorensen. <laughs> They would have to move Daniel. Yeah, he's going to have to move onto the same yes, row as he's going to have. Reed. They're going to have to move Daniel a little bit. But you can still get your cardboard cutouts, even though fans are going to be in the stands. Still, opportunity to get the cardboard cutouts. I'm, I'm trying to finagle my way in between Andy and uh, Dirty Dan. Okay, so here's my thing. How do you feel about being surrounded by the color red, Jason? Because that's the reality there. Look, here's the thing. Not all red is created equal. Okay, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Look, two of my teams wear red. As a Kansas City Chiefs and a St. Louis Cardinals fan, there's nothing I can do about that. Is that cherry red compared to the well, it's, it's, color that shall not be named? That's, it's, it's a red. It's not that red. <laughs> it's cardinal red, right? Card- it's cardinal and Chiefs red. Cardinal red for St. Louis Cardinals <laughs> and Chiefs red. Fair enough. Uh, now that we've got the important things out of the way. Uh, we'll make sure and get a picture once uh, you're placed in the stadium. Look, I'm willing guys. to sit there in between the cardboard cutouts if that's what it takes. <laughs> in person. <laughs> Just one guy as you're panning across. Cardboard, cardboard, real person cardboard. <laughs> oh, that's a good image. Your Tuesday show lineup includes this, a top storyline debate. Right now, which story deserves front page treatment? Is it undefeated in 12th ranked BYU's historic start? Or is it more about Zach Wilson's growing Heisman Trophy campaign? Only one can be the feature story. NFL Draft Insider Jordan Reed joins us. Does he think Zach Wilson has a first-round NFL draft grade right now? Plus, one-on-one with BYU sophomore fullback Mason Wake. You know, we want to find out when this whole jumping over defenders thing began, because it's now a thing, clearly. And the top five plays of the BYU football season through five games. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. Practice continued today as 12th ranked BYU prepares for Saturday's game against Texas State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Cougars have dealt with multiple injuries over the past few weeks, and Kalani Satake discussed the status of James Impey and Gunnar Romney, among others, while talking to the media yesterday. Yeah, going into this week, um, everyone's back. We just have to see if I think they'll be questionable, those guys, and We'll see if they can play this this Saturday, but uh, we plan on them, you know, getting on the field. We haven't made a decision yet that they're out for the for Texas State game. Um, we also have a good number of guys coming back uh, this week. We'll see Tristan Hodge on the field today. We'll have Keanu Saliapanga, who practiced last week, be more involved and be ready to go. So if you now still, you know, getting ready, and I think he'll be he's more ready now than than before. So uh, there's. I'm probably leaving some people out, but uh, you know, Kyrus will be back, and so I think uh, we'll be in a really good, good spot right now, starting practice today. 
Good news that BYU could be getting closer to full strength. Saturday night's game kicks off 10-15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV starts at 9 p.m. Eastern, while radio pregame coverage on BYU Radio begins at 8-15 Eastern time. Everyone's back. The question is, does BYU need to play everyone? That is a fair question. For the first time in forever. That was for my Disney fans. BYU fans can attend a game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This Saturday, 6,000 strong allowed in to watch BYU host Texas State. Head coach Kalani Satake issuing his requirement. It's not masks, even though that is a requirement. He has a specific requirement for all 6,000 fans in the stadium. I think they can do it. I think there's a lot of guys, a lot of people in that, uh, men and women and children in that group of 6,000 that are going to make enough noise for the rest because the others that can't be in the stadium are going to count on them doing it. And if they don't, then they're going to hear about it from the others that aren't left in the stadium. <laughs> He's putting the pressure on. You better bring it. Hey, look, if there's pressure on the team. Why can't there be pressure on the fans too? Fair. Totally It fair. is totally fair. Former Cougar Daniel Sorensen's late-game interception sealed the deal for the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They beat the Bills yesterday 26-17 in Buffalo. Sorensen was tied for second on the team with five tackles as the Chiefs improved to 5-1. and one. I don't even know who the one loss was to. Who needs two hands to intercept a pass, right? Just one hand. That's all you need to seal the game. Jimmer Fredette scored 26 points, had five rebounds and a couple of assists as the Shanghai Sharks beat the Shangzi Lungs in their second game of the season. Final score 95-88. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We just presented the question at the very top of the show. Only one has the headline treatment, Jason. If you're the newspaper editor... You know, when newspapers were still a thing and actually printed. Okay. Well, there's technically still a thing, but I mean, (laughs) there is a newspaper. Which story are you putting front and center? Is it more about BYU being 5-0, undefeated, number 12 in the country, dark horse college football playoff contender? Keep talking. I like hearing this. Or is it more about Zach Wilson being in the Heisman Trophy race and his NFL draft stock rising? Look. Both are big stories. The story for me is BYU being 5-0. and I think Zach's performance gets the most attention because you're the quarterback. You, it's, it's the most prominent position in all of sports. The quarterback, and then when you're playing at such a high level, then, then it's off the charts. So I think his performance gets the most attention. But without question, the story, because of what it could lead to down the road if this continues, is BYU being undefeated at, at this point at 5-0, and an opportunity who knows, throughout the rest of the season, maybe end the year undefeated, and then we'll see what happens. That, that's, that's the story for me. Look, there are only four 5-0 teams right now. Clemson, BYU, SMU, and Liberty. Okay, Those are your five teams that are 5-0. and After this weekend, Jason, there will probably be three, depending on what Liberty and SMU do. But, I mean, SMU's got a showdown with number 9 Cincinnati. Liberty's got to get past a pesky Southern Mississippi team. And then Liberty still has NC State and Virginia Tech on the schedule. Well, and here's the thing. Zach benefits from BYU being 5-0. and yes, BYU yes. continuing to win, that's what's going to keep the eyes on BYU and Zach Wilson. If, if Zach's put at these same numbers, but BYU somehow maybe isn't winning the games, it's not the same. It, it just isn't. So the story for me is BYU being 5-0 and undefeated right now. It's interesting that... 
I feel like more rides on the outcome of the game in terms of how BYU fans will view success of the season, uh, meaning that Zach Wilson, if BYU went 9-1, and one, could still be a first-round NFL draft pick and still work his way into a Heisman finalist situation. He's been that good early, Jason, that even if BYU loses a game and Zach's spectacular in the game, he'll stay in the Heisman conversation. So there's more riding on the fact that BYU is undefeated because they're trying to do something that they've never done as a team, get into a New Year's Six conversation, be playing not just in the Cotton Bowl in 1997. The Cotton Bowl was a New Year's Day bowl game, but it wasn't part of, at the time, the bowl alliance system. It was still kind of felt like BYU was on the outside looking, and BYU's trying to be the team this year that cracks into the New Year's Six, and they're going to have to be undefeated to do that. Zach could still remain as the Heisman Trophy candidate, even if they lose a game. So right now, oh, man, from a BYU fan standpoint, I think it's more about BYU being 5-0, and number 12 in the country, first 5-0 and start in 12 years, uh, their highest ranking in 11 years. But for the national pundits, it feels like it's more about Zach Wilson. I Jason. agree with you 100%. That is their focus 100%. It's on Zach. It's more about Zach Wilson from the national standpoint just because his ascension has been so fast. He went literally from off of most most 2020 on draft boards now to, is he a first-round pick? That's crazy. Five games? It hasn't even been two months? I mean, okay, maybe it has been. Let's see. Uh, no, a month and a half, Jason, since BYU's been playing football. He, and now he's being discussed potentially as a first-round draft pick. That's the storyline nationally. Now, if it's a local newspaper... If it's about just BYU and Utah, it's more about the Cougars being number 12 and trying to flirt with not just the New Year's Six, but be in the conversation for the college football playoff. So it depends really on what your paradigm is. Well, and, and like you said, even if BYU loses, there's still the opportunity for Zach to go on and do good things. But, but I, I do believe that if BYU were to lose a game, I think some of the attention goes away just because BYU then is no longer in the running for New Year's Six. So I, I think... One, they, they both affect each other. But to me right now, the fact that this team is 5-0 and and playing the way they are, 12th in the country, an opportunity to continue to move up depending on what happens over these next couple of weeks, that's the story. The other stuff is all part of BYU being 5-0 and and why they're 5-0. and But BYU being in this position with an opportunity, if, they, if the season plays out like, like most of us think it will, to be able to go to New Year's Six. And, and who knows, if things get really crazy, maybe something bigger than that. But, but I mean, certainly, that's the story. It's 5-0. and oh. It's what the team is doing. The conversation is fun, certainly. But I don't know that I have fully embraced the idea of BYU actually being in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Because going into the season, when we saw the schedule get thrown out and put back together, it was more like, hey, just go out and play well, have a good time, get to a bowl game, and... Uh, you know, we'll get back to work in 2021 when the real schedule returns. It it, it has been just a shocker. So what so, are you? So what are you waiting for? Is it, would it the a win if BYU is able to go up to Boise and win? If, BYU if, if that's it, is that when it becomes more real for you? Well, it it took a big step in the right direction after BYU Absolutely. beat Houston, but the Boise game is looming. It, it, it is looming large, understandably, because BYU's never beaten Boise. In Boise, they've had several one-point games, three of them, as a matter of fact. And then the last time BYU played up there, Zach Wilson as a freshman had BYU inside the five on the final play of the game. Let me make you feel better. This team 
specifically has never played at Boise. Okay. And this team is winning games that teams in the recent past have not typically Agreed. won. Yes, and that is a big, so big reason Boise, why they're 5-0. Yeah, then, then uh, we're full steam ahead, baby. All right, topic number two. As we know, BYU moved up two spots to 12th in the latest AP poll. Now, obviously, everybody has their different rankings and where they put BYU, and so that kind of goes into where they ultimately land. Some have BYU really high, some as high as 4th. The lowest we've seen came in at number 21. But which one is closer to the truth, Spencer? Is BYU more deserving of being fourth in the rankings or 21st? Isn't it interesting that when you do the math, the median is 12 and a half. Right. right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's fantastic how that worked out with high of four, low of 21. The idea that BYU is ranked all the way from four to 21 is wild. I know. That's a, it's quite the range. Because some people are clearly all in on the Cougars, while others are like, nope, not buying it. They haven't played anybody, even when they beat Houston and looked pretty spectacular doing so in the second half. Some people are just not in. I am leaning towards BYU being more of the 10 or 11 team. I ha- I'm not super impressed with the team that was in front of BYU, Miami. I think Miami is... They kind of remind me of Houston. Got great athletes. De'Aaron King played at Houston before he transferred to Miami as their quarterback. I think BYU could be the 10th or 11th ranked team in the country right now. So you think they're closer to four than 21? Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. Not much, but I I feel like BYU has a case to be like 10 or 11 right now. But 12, 12 is fair. It's fair. But they're not 21, I can tell you that. Yeah, see, that was my rationale on this. I, I think about where they are. Move in, with the opportunity to move up a couple of spots, I think that I think that is legitimate. What I don't think would be legitimate is to think that they're closer to 21. That's what I know they're not. So if, if I have to choose between one or the other, I'll say they're closer to four than 21 because they that is way too low at number 21 with what this team has done. And I don't care who they've played. It, it, to me, it, it's not it's not that it's the way they're winning these games. That means more to me than who the opponent well, is. Well, what have you done for me lately? Lately, BYU just beat a Houston team by 17 points. I know. They trailed by double digits late in the third quarter, went on a 29 to nothing run with adversity, a bunch of players out. Like, BYU did something to deserve the ranking they have right now. They they did it on Friday night. They validated some things. Yes, and, and what, what I find so funny is everybody that would say, well, I want them to play a, a, a real team and see how they do, and, and then maybe I'll give them credit. And then when they do that, they're still not willing to give them credit. Well, Houston so, is yes, but, uh, but here's the deal. Just, it, just be honest that you have an agenda. Just, just be honest. At least if you're honest about it, people can respect that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because BYU did what you asked them to do, and if you're still not willing to give them the credit, then, then there's got to be another reason why you're not wanting to give them the credit. Here's the other reason. Part of this discussion is, as of today, which do you think they're closer to? I'm also factoring in the fact – I'm going with 100% of the teams who have played college football right now. Okay. If you have not played and you're not going to play for another two weeks, I'm not even acknowledging you. You're not involved in this. <laughs> You don't deserve to be in this at all until you have played a game, in my opinion. What if they play on Saturday? That's fine. No, but if you play a game, then you can be included in okay. this. So Ohio State's going to yes. show up. But, uh, but I'm saying as of today, these teams that are, are in the poll that haven't played and won't play for another week or two, I, I, you don't exist to me. 
You're you're not in the mix. <laughs> Your anti-Pac-12 is showing. <laughs> but it's not just the, it's I'm not just the Pac-12. It's it's everybody. Like I if I love the Brett McMurphy's like I'm and I'm only ranking teams that have played because that's the way it should be. If you haven't played thus far, you shouldn't be in the rankings. How do you feel about preseason rankings then? Because Bronco Mendenhall had this idea. It's different because nobody's played at okay, that point. Okay, fair. Bronco Mendenhall had this idea of let's not rank anyone until like week six. Uh, you know, I'm fine with that. The, the only reason I'm, I'm not as strongly about that is at least nobody's played at that point. Yeah. Now you're comparing teams who haven't played to teams who have played, and that's not fair to the teams who have played. Now look at a team like Cincinnati at number nine, and that's why I'm leaning towards BYU being a little bit higher than they are. I'm not buying Cincinnati as the number nine team in the country right now. We'll see what they do at SMU on Saturday. If they win at SMU, okay. Now they've had their chance to validate some things. They beat Army, but Army's not what we thought they would be, and it was kind of a close game, and it was at Cincinnati. We'll see what the Bearcats do. Uh, Florida, I think, is a legit top ten team. Florida's good. Penn State at number eight, I have no idea what to think about the Nittany Lions because we haven't seen them play. I think Ohio State is going to be a top five team, and we'll all believe that after they play Nebraska on Sunday. Of course, of course, Notre, but, Ohio State deserves, when they play, they deserve to be ranked where they are, but they haven't played yet. So don't put them in the polls yet. So even if that means, because if you take those Big Ten teams, Penn State, Ohio State out, then BYU say hey, number nine or number ten, but then they come back in and then BYU drops. Doesn't that hurt? Doesn't wouldn't that be worse to your psyche? But you know it's coming. You, you know it. You know it's coming. Okay. I, I just I just have I just have a hard time penalizing people who have played for teams that haven't done anything yet. Now, granted, when they play, you know they're going to be good. You oh, know it. Ohio State's played a brutal schedule up to this point. <laughs> <laughs> Zero and hey, they're undefeated. Yeah, I don't know. They're undefeated. Our question of the day, back to our top story debate, is the story right now more about BYU football being five and zero, ranked number twelve, or Zach Wilson's Heisman hype and the campaign that's growing? Why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Tyson Peterson answers on Twitter, quote, I think outside of Cougar Nation, it's about Zach. Inside Cougar Nation, we, fans, have seen all five wins come from the whole team. And we've, fans, seen the work BYU put in to get here. Exactly what I was just saying. It's just the national standpoint, it's all about Zach Wilson. And then, oh, BYU's having a, a fun season. Within the BYU Sports Nation fan base, it is clearly about, oh, can the Cougars run the table and get to the New Year Six? It's funny. It, it is, yeah. It's completely, it's the opposite from national to inside the program. There it is. Coming up, what are BYU's chances to remain undefeated? Somebody has a pretty big opinion. And is Zach Wilson a legitimate first-round NFL draft pick right now? We'll talk to an NFL draft insider next. BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Watch BYU football with Kalani Satake tonight as Coach Satake joins the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, to look back at the Houston win and look ahead to Texas State. BYU football with Kalani Satake tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B on a Tuesday with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jason Shepard. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom is the Draft Network's Jordan Reed in Winston-Salem, North Carolina this morning. Jordan, great to have you on BYU Sports Nation. Spencer, Jason, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. You, uh, I'm sure, had your eyes very closely on the BYU-Houston game. So after that contest, what's your first thought about BYU's talent level as it pertains to playing in the NFL? Well, I mean, I think it's very, very good in a sense just because I think this is one of the better years for BYU's prospects. and Everybody was kind of excited about the offensive line coming into this year just because you have guys like Brady Christensen, James Impey, and plenty of other guys along the offensive front. But little be known, Zach Wilson comes out of nowhere, and now that's what all the nation is talking about just because you see a guy like Earl come out of nowhere and have that miraculous season for LSU. And now what we as scouts are always wondering is that who's going to be that next quarterback to come out of nowhere and then surge up NFL boards. And I mean, here we are now. Zach Wilson is that guy for BYU. You know, Jordan, we look at the roster and, and you can kind of make guesses. And we've talked, you know, there could be five players from this BYU roster this season that could be drafted. How many draftable players do you think BYU has on the roster right now? I have five uh, coming into the season. Um, I have Kiaris Tonga, Brady Christensen, James Impey, Zach Wilson, and unfortunately Matt Bushman before he suffered the Achilles injury. And I'm really hoping that he's able to get back on track if he does end up coming back next year or getting a redshirt year. Hopefully we're wishing the best for him. But uh, the highest rated coming into the year was Brady Christensen. There was a lot of people excited about him, the big offensive tackle who's having a great year so far this year. But now, I mean, I keep saying his name, Zach Wilson. He's the one that everybody is talking about right now. So this is one of the better years for BYU as far as draft prospects-wise. Okay, just to clarify, in five games, Zach Wilson, true or false, has become BYU's most draftable player. Oh, without question. I mean, you guys have seen it. And just watching this film, I actually I did an article about him. Uh, I posted it. I was last week before the game, prior to the game against Houston. And I want to do a deep dive just because, and I came away with a tale of two different players. And what I mean by a tale of two different players is that prior to watching this film, I wanted to do a little bit of research about Zach Wilson. And everybody knows about the Boise State story of how he was originally committed there. And then he ended up making the switch uh, to BYU. And then he comes in uh, 2018. He had a decent year for the most part. 2019, I thought he was very decent as well. But he has the shoulder injury, the torn labrum. And then he goes out and messes his thumb up against Toledo last year, just trying to make a tackle um, after the turnover. But he didn't look the same. He didn't look nearly as the same player as he does this year. But I think the biggest thing is that he's finally healthy. He looks finally healthy. The ball is coming out of his hand very cleanly. It's coming out of his hand very urgently as well. And he's very confident in the system, being in the same system now for three seasons as well. You just see a totally different player. And that's what I mean by telling two different prospects. Staying with Zach, as of today, Jordan, where do you think Zach is most likely to be drafted if he decides to come out? And where do you rank him in terms of the other quarterbacks in college football right now? I think he's squarely in that top five range as far as just the quarterback prospects. We know about Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. Those are considered the big three. That fourth guy right now would consider Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Florida, who's having a really good year this year as well. Zach Wilson is definitely, I think, would be paid, placed in that fifth 
position right now, if I, if I, based on my evaluations and my honest opinion, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to get past that fifth spot just because if he's able to stay on track, we know he has a very favorable schedule this year. I think BYU is going to roll to some more wins and he's going to be able to accumulate some more stats as well. So I'm looking, I'm very interested to see how he does end up finishing this year, but everybody said that the big test game for him was against Houston. That really was one of the better defenses that he was going to play this year. And he went out and he absolutely crushed it. Is he a first round draft pick? Do you think? If he stays on this track, I firmly think he will be. It's just a matter of how he does finish this year. And, you know, similar to Joe Burrow last year, and I know the SEC is different from BYU as far as the competition and what they're playing week in and week out. And it's unfortunate to what happened with BYU with the schedule and, you know, the COVID impasse just because they were going to play some really good teams prior to altering their schedule. And, you know, Zach can't really control who they had to put on the schedule. All he can do is just go out there and make plays, which is what he has been doing this year. Jordan Reed of the Draft Network with us on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned that you had Zach Wilson on your radar going into the season. Where was he when the season began compared to what you just told us, that he's maybe a first-round pick? I had him as a, a day-three guy. I had him I had him down as a sixth-round grade coming into the year just because he had some limitations in some spots. And little did I know prior to doing background information about him is that he was playing hurt. I did not know he was playing hurt last season. And the first game that I watched was down the backstretch of last year was against Utah and then also San Diego State. Um, I thought he struggled a little bit in that Utah game. I thought that was one of his the worst games of the year. But then you pop in the tape against San Diego State, and I thought he played really well in that game. And in the backstretch in the bowl game, he played really good as well. And then he's carried that momentum into this year. And like I said, he's just been absolutely phenomenal this year. I think we were all surprised, Jordan, when Kyrus Tonga and Matt Bushman decided to come back for their senior years. Focusing specifically on Kyrus, what did coming back for another year do for his draft stock, do you think? I think just showing people that he was a little bit more versatile. And what I mean by versatile is that he's pretty much known as that two-down run stuffer that's really strong at the point of attack. But I think he's much more athletic than given credit for. And he's been the anchor of this defense. And just go watch him against the Navy game. He was absolutely incredible in that game. He he really stood out. And he showed everything that you needed to see uh, from, I think, a late day two or early day three prospect as far as being an interior defensive lineman. It was unfortunate that he missed the game against Houston due to an uh, undisclosed injury. I was looking forward to seeing him play in that game. But he's shown everything that he's needed to show this year. And I think I, w- I would like to see a little bit more from him consistently as a pass rusher, but he's shown much more already this year than what he showed last year as a junior. We saw Matt Bushman as high as day one on some draft boards coming into this season. And he was the clear number one offensive weapon for Zach Wilson. He suffers the Achilles injury, as you pointed out. If you were giving advice to Matt Bushman about what to do, whether to come back, try and play one more year at BYU, or because you're getting older, go to the NFL, what would you tell him and why? Ooh, you put me on the spot with this one. Um, I would say come back for another year just to show that he is healthy, and I think he would be a huge question mark entering the NFL, and there's just not going to be a lot of teams that take a risk like that, especially with such a, a monumental injury like an Achilles. It's not like a sprained ankle or – you know, anything of that nature. This is a big-time injury talking about an Achilles. And we're talking about a big-time prospect, guys. I mean, he led the team in receiving yards for the past three seasons. And I think he's the best tight end to come out of BYU since the name that you guys are very familiar with in Dennis Pitta. I think he, he's very similar to him in a similar mode as well. He's a he's very good as a blocker. He's really good as a receiving tight end as well, which I think is where most of his value lies on the next level, which we see guys like you know Travis Kelsey and 
a George Kittle on the next level, just how valuable they are in the receiving mode. And that's not to say that he's on the line of prospect and he's going to end up being as good as those guys, but just talking about just his value in the passing game. And he really was the BYU offense the past three years. And I think just imagine him playing with a guy like Zach Wilson, his numbers probably be, would be astronomical right now. I'm curious, just from the outside looking in, from, from draft prospects and the football program in general, how, how is BYU viewed by NFL scouts and by the NFL in terms of draftable players and being a draftable program? I think it's very well. Um, it's kind of hit or miss every single year uh, with the BYU program, but I think this is one of those years where it is up. And whenever you have a top-flight quarterback prospect, there's going to be scouts flocking to that school. And that's what we're going to see with BYU this year. And I think uh, a lot of these prospects have really fed off the hype of Zach Wilson. I talk about Brady Christensen, who eyes were already on uh, this year. Uh, but then you get other guys like a Kiaris Tonga, who has been a really good prospect as well. But I think whenever you get some top-flight prospects like this, especially when you get a, a highly-ranked quarterback prospect like a Zach Wilson, there's going to be other prospects that feed off of that hype as well. And I think that's what we're seeing with BYU. We've talked a lot about the primary five players that you feel are draftable for BYU. Is there somebody off the radar that you expect to show up in the NFL that is currently wearing a BYU uniform? If so, who is that player? Um, I don't. I wouldn't say there's anybody off the radar or anybody like that. Um, but there is one that really did catch my eye, and he plays along that offensive line, and it's Chandon Herring. And I, I was really interested in him. Brady Christensen gets a lot of the love, but I really liked what I saw from Chandon Herring. I think he's going to have a chance as a late round a prospect, and he's had a really good year this year as well. So I'm really excited about his prognosis going forward. I'm curious, just for this year, we obviously know all of the, the circumstances that have gone into 2020 being a year we'll, we'll never forget. Um, what has this year been like in terms of trying to scout and get true evaluations on teams and players with so many players opting out and then some opting back in, some teams playing, some teams not? H how has that changed how you scout this year? It's extremely difficult, and I'm not a part of an NFL team or anything like that, but just getting some of the temperament from some scouting buddies within the industry has been very difficult from just getting in games to do live scouting to even just getting inside of schools, which is something that is not allowed. And this year, you those school visits are so important just because you get to talk to people like the head coach, the position coach, even you know the janitors within the football facilities and how they treat everybody within the facilities. Little things like that matter just because – you're, you're drafting these guys and you're investing them just because you want them to be a part of your culture. But if things are not going the way that you planned or you just get a bad word from some of those guys, from some of those important people within the building, then you're obviously not going to draft those guys. But not having those opinions and going, not being able to go through those schools, that's something that is very challenging and very difficult just because making an NFL team is just like putting a big, big puzzle piece together, big pieces of puzzles together in a sense, and you don't want to have a, have a bad apple in the bunch, but you're not getting as much inside information as you want, and it's like a big resume for everybody. You want as much information about that person as possible, and then there's a lot of key elements missing within that puzzle and within that those elements of that player to date. So that's just some of the challenges that are going on right now, just a lack of information as a whole, and then not being able to get as much on the resume as much as humanly possible about these players that you're eventually going to invest millions of dollars within. Jordan, it's been more than a decade since BYU had two players taken in the same NFL draft. You go back to 2009 with the likes of Dennis Pitta. We're hoping that this year we see 
multiple draft picks from BYU. And uh, just maybe you're the guy that's leading the charge on that. So uh, for BYU fans who want to read more of your stuff about these five potential draft picks, where can they find it? So you can find my work at thedraftnetwork.com. And we have information about BYU prospects and every single prospect across the country. You can read little tidbits and scouting reports about every single prospect. We have write-ups about over 500 of them across the country, inside information, positives, negatives, background information. And also we have a very nice tool of where you can do a mock draft simulator and you can simulate all 250 plus picks of whatever team that you want. You can do all 32 or you can do the one of your choice. So if you want to uh, if you want to take the New York Jets and you want to take Zach Wilson number one overall right now, you're welcome to do so on the Draft Network. So that's something that we do have to offer on the website. Yeah, BYU fans are probably going to do that. So it is what it do is. Do we really want to do that to Zach Wilson, though? <laughs> right, right. Jordan, it's great to talk to you, man. Thanks for the insight, and uh, we'll do it again. Spencer, Jason, it was a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. I would love to do it again anytime. You got it. Thanks, Jordan, Jordan Reed on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Great stuff. That was, a, that was fun. Coming up, Spencer talks with a man who jumps more than Van Halen. His conversation with Mason Wake. Plus, what did a Sports Illustrated writer say about BYU's chances to remain undefeated through December 13? And what kind of chance are you giving the Cougars in that regard? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU women's soccer takes to the pitch this Friday with an intra-squad scrimmage watch on BYU TV app at 9 p.m. Eastern time. He is Jason. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty deems BYU's chances to remain undefeated through December 13th as, quote, uh, unquote, extremely strong. How would you describe their chances? Oh, it comes down to my chances of uh, BYU beating Boise State, right? It's that. So so yours is conditional. (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously Pat Forty feels like BYU has an extremely strong chance of beating Boise State and running the table. I'm about... 70% that BYU can go up to Boise, given that the Broncos will have only played two games before that and do something they've never done before, and that's win. Sorry, beat Boise on the blue. BYU's won on the blue against Western Michigan. They just haven't beaten Boise State. So, I don't know. I'd say strong. Extremely strong. A little little bit too much out there for me. All right. uh, How I would describe it? Expected. Whoa. I expect BYU to go undefeated the rest of this year. I do. You just expect it. I'm expecting it, yes. There's, there's no chance. It's I'm just, not saying there's not a chance, but yes, I do think I think that they're going to do this. Wow. Okay. Based off of what I've seen, they have given me no reason to think that they won't go undefeated. Okay. Speaking of expectations, BYU expects to have Kairos Tonga, Tristan Hodge, and Sione Finau all available for Saturday's game against Texas State. Which of those returnees, Tonga, Hodge, or Fina, will mean the most to his individual position group? Uh, I, I'm going to go with Kairos Tonga. I, I think he's the most important person on the defensive side. I mean, he's he is just an absolute beast. And especially when, the, if, when you're going to put the pressure on with three, his ability to be able to take two of the gaps by himself, it's a game changer. So, yeah, it's Kairos. Yes, the answer is Kairos Tonga. Good luck, Texas State, defending that. Mass of humanity. 
<laughs> Zach Wilson, this is just mind-boggling. Zach Wilson has thrown one interception through five games. Over under one more INT in the final five. <laughs> it's crazy that I'm actually hesitating on this, Jason. He's been that good. 18 total touchdowns. He's thrown one interception. I'm gonna look. Zach's aggressive. He's gonna make some throws. The ball bounces weird sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Gets deflected. So I'm I'm gonna say over. I don't think it'll be much over. If he throws two more interceptions on the season, it has been a remarkable year. So I'm gonna say just over. Look, the one interception was because the receiver fell down. Yes. Okay. Fell down. The, the the pass was there. So yeah. I, look, I'm gonna go over as well. Tip pass. You know, guys that actually have two hands and don't have a club hand. A club. <laughs> you know. That was so mean to expect that guy to be able to intercept that man. Coach, I tried, man. <laughs> Coach, I, I, I just can't do it. Look at this thing. Yeah. It reminded me of, like, Infinity War, the, the, uh, the guy that helped Thor, you know, with the <laughs> – sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> they had the metal on it. It's what that reminded me of. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, just over. I mean, right now, his 18-to-1 ratio is pretty good, right? 18 total touchdowns to one interception. ESPN has BOE big man Matt Harms as the 42nd most impactful newcomer in their college basketball player rankings. Will Matt Harms even be the most impactful player on the BYU roster, Jason? Um, He will be one of them. Look, I, I... There's so many guys to choose from. If it's Harms or the field, I'll go with the field. I'm going with Matt Harms. I think he's going to be the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year. So he'll be the most impactful newcomer for BYU, and he's going to make big-time impact in the WCC. All right, coming up, the top five plays of the first half of the season. Plus, my one-on-one with Mason Wake, who, spoiler alert, has made his way into those top five plays. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, he's jumping? Interesting. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, looks back on BYU's impressive win at Houston. Watch Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon break down the film. AFR available tonight on the BYU TV app, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Today's one-on-one interview features a man who, frankly, will jump over you and run through you. BYU football sophomore tight end and fullback Mason Wake joined me on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline yesterday. Mason, if you had a preference, would you rather jump over a defender or run through a defender? Um, after talking to the coaches, I'd probably have to say run through them. Um, but I'd say that that's that's my mindset. I just want to blow people up. And um, Coach Grimes texted me. Coach Grimes texted me. He said um, hurdling should be your your second approach, and um, running people over should be your first. But I mean, I'd say hurdling's pretty fun, but. I mean, they're both pretty fun. I, I couldn't answer that. <laughs> I think BYU fans like both. Both uh, That's safe to say. When did jumping over guys become a thing for you? Take us back to the first time it happened. Oh, uh, I was ninth grade. Um, I was playing American Fork, and I had, like, a bunch of runs that game, and they just kept going at my ankles, and just I just essentially tackled myself trying to run them over. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. And so I tried my very first hurdle ever. I tried jumping him. The guy hit my foot, and I did a front flip and landed on my head. But uh, I got better after that. But So it became uh, a part of my game after that. But that, that first one was pretty scary. Uh, understandably. And I'm glad you're okay. There's a Twitter account 
titled Mason Wake's Hype Man. How do you feel about all of that? Oh, I see a few of those. those I mean, it's just crazy. Um, um, from, um, like just my come up and just like from where I've been and where I am now, I mean, it's just, it's surreal and I still have a lot to prove, but it's pretty cool seeing that stuff on Twitter. You've been involved in some of the more memorable plays of the 2020 season, and there have been quite a few. Do you have a favorite that you have been involved in? If so, what is it? Um, honestly, I'd probably say Isaac Rex's touchdown, his first one ever. And after he did that little dance that Kalani showed us, uh, that was once I saw him do that, I was just like, oh gosh. And I started walking away. But I say that was one of the more memorable things we've done. And um, just knowing what he's gone through and um, just our tight end group, um, it was pretty cool to see. Oh, I love it so much. Some love for the uh, fellow tight end. I mean, you're a fullback too. You're a fullback tight end hybrid. Uh, which do you prefer? Fullback. I'll say it again, fullback. But I'm with the tight ends, but me and Kyle Griffiths, uh, the two fullbacks here, but we're with the tight ends, but we're fullbacks. When you scored on the underhand shovel pass from Zach Wilson, affectionately known as Chiefs, and you got Patrick Mahomes to tweet about it, you revealed a special message that said, rest in heaven, Mom. BYU fans want to know more to show their support. So if you don't mind, Mason, tell us more about the background there. Yeah, so... uh, so a lot of people thought that it was like a recent thing, but my mom actually passed away when I was eight, almost nine. She passed away from cancer. But I mean, every, ever since then, she's been um, a part of my life. And um, I know she's with me each and every day and everything I do is for her. And um, a lot of people saw uh, that I wrote mom on my arm and I, they didn't really know exactly why. And so I just wanted to get that message out there. Hey, what a fabulous story. Mason Wake with us on BYU Sports Nation. Because Coach Kalani Satake also played fullback, what's the best advice he's given to you about playing that position at BYU? Um, he gives me some good advice, but I think the, the funniest thing was is after that Louisiana Tech hurdle and then I kept running, he said on the, um, on the coach's intercom thing, he's like, oh, he's, he's starting to look like me out there. And I was just like, and he came and talked to us after and he was, he was just um, laughing about it. But I mean, having a head coach that played fullback back in his day is definitely special. He, de- he was probably, I think he was 30 or 40 pounds more than I was though. He tells me that like every day <laughs> and how they, they almost switched, they almost switched him over to guard if he weighed one more pound more. But um, I mean, he's just such a fun guy and um, um, his knowledge for the game is awesome. Clearly, there's a special fullback bond there between you and Coach Satake and Kyle Griffiths. What is it about the fullbacks that brings you guys so close together? Um, I just say just the way we play. We just want to go hit people. And, like, a lot of people just call us meatheads and that we're dumb. But, I mean, I don't think we're dumb. We're, we're, we're fun. And we just like bringing that energy. We're just going and mashing people. What did you learn about the BYU football team at Houston that maybe you didn't know before? Um just the way we handle adversity. Um, we haven't been down. I think we were only down once in the UTSA game. That was our first time we've been down. Um, and it was fun. Like, like a lot of people say we played bad or like, like Houston was like, they were a good team and it was fun to be in a close game. Um, but I'd say that the way we handle adversity and we, no one was panicking in halftime and we were, we were all just cool and calm. And, um, I don't know. It was fun. I thought it was fun. The fans there were, were awesome. Okay, so you go down 26-14. Take us inside the huddle. What's the atmosphere and the conversation like knowing that BYU's down by double digits on the road against a good Houston football team? Um, I mean, just our leaders, uh, just, just keeping us calm and um, letting our plays on the field um, talk for us. And 
um, I just say like in the huddle, we were just this cool and calm and, um, the coaches do a good job of calming us down. And, um, I don't know, like it was just fun. Like, um, yeah, we've been blowing out people this year. And so it was a bit of a switch up, but I mean, I, I loved it. Let's flip the page and turn it to Texas state. And because you brought up fans, I want to ask you about the opportunity to play in front of BYU fans at Lavelle Edwards stadium for the first time. It'll only be 6,000, but how do you feel about it? Oh, I am super excited. Um, they definitely changed the game. They give us juice. Um, um, even though we've, we've been having like a lot of good energy on the sideline. Coach Kalani has been talking about, uh, getting hyped on the sidelines and dancing and stuff. But I mean, just having those fans are just creates that, that energy that, uh, nothing else can. And just being able to play in front of family. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, don't call him a meathead. Call him a brainiac of a fullback. His name is Mason Wade. Yes. Mason. Great to have you on BYU sports nation, man. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Mason Wake on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Jumping over people is a thing now. It, it became kind of a thing, I think, at first with Chad Lewis, right? Yes, Chad's Le- the first person I remember. Leaping Lewis in the mid-90s, and so everybody kind of compares whoever jumps over a defender to Chad Lewis. Now, now people are going to start comparing other guys to Mason Wake. I love the fact that he, when you asked him if he remembers the first time he did it, Without hesitation, he knew exactly when he did it. Yep, ninth grade. <laughs> tired of guys diving on <laughs> my legs. American Fork. Yeah, it's great. Landed on my head. It's kind of scary. <laughs> That's fantastic. Coming up, a super guy and a super team getting the nod in our rising shout-out. <laughs> you make it so obvious, Jason. <laughs> Plus the top five plays from the first five games of the season. Technically, we're at the halfway point as the schedule is currently constituted. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta. Today, we recap the top five plays for the first five games of the season. Take it away. Number five, onside kick. Career touchdown number six. Marcus Jones and Bryson Smith that go onside, and the Cougars have recovered the onside kick. 12 yards upfield. Talmadge Gunther on the recovery of the onside kick. The Cougars go onside. After cutting the Houston deficit to five in the third quarter, BYU kept the momentum with this beauty from Jake Oldroyd, making it look easy. No Cougars in red anywhere close to Talmadge Gunther when he came down with it. What a big-time momentum shift in that game. I love that you can hear the audible gasp from Riley Nelson. (gasps) So good. Number four, respect Dax. Goes for the end zone. Milner's there. He caught it! He caught it! In the back of the end zone for a touchdown! Who else but Dax Milne? On third and 15, Zach Wilson with a dime to Dax. An unstoppable connection all night long. His third touchdown of the game. Zach's fourth touchdown pass at an incredible moment, sealing the deal in Houston. Number three, Pau Perfect. Zach in the gun. Motions out Algier. Short drop. Pushed out to the right. Zach's now on the run to the far numbers. Lobs it to the back corner. 
Catch is made. Did he get a foot in waiting for the signal? It was back at the end zone. No signal, no signal. Touchdown is the signal. Yeah, after waiting what felt like an eternity to get the call, they gave the Cougars and Neil Powell with the touchdown. Wilson, all he had to do was just lob it up on fourth down, and somehow Neil Powell was able to barely nick the ground on his way out of bounds for his first touchdown of the year. Just an unbelievable catch. This little piggy scored a touchdown. Number two, leaving foes in his wake. Cooks left to right here in the third. Emotion mill. They boot Wilson. He throws underneath to Wake. Makes the hurdle to get past one tackler. Shakes off two, three, and four. And there goes Mason Wake bowling over another. And finally dropped at the 43-yard line, an 18-yard gain. You know, we heard from him earlier that he's supposed to run through guys and not over them. Why not do both in the same play, right? Jump over somebody, run through others. Look, you're getting the best of both worlds. And finally, number one. The Kansas City Cougars. Tight ends left and right. A boot, an underhand shovel to Wake. Completion. Touchdown, Cougars! What a play! The underhand scoop to Mason Wake. My worlds are converging and I couldn't be happier. (laughs) Taking a page out of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' playbook. Zach Wilson delivering the no-look shovel pass to Mason Wake, which gave the Cougars the lead for good. Of course, Patrick Mahomes did have something to say about it after Twitter, responding with, quote, well done. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know what's the bigger deal, having Patrick Mahomes say well done or this landing is the number one in the top five. Yeah. The good news is I don't have to pick because it's both. <laughs> Our question of the day. As we come out of the top five, is the story right now more about BYU football as a team being undefeated, 5-0, and ranked 12th, or is it more about Zach Wilson's growing Heisman campaign, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Dan Smith on Twitter, 5-0. and Wilson's performance has to do with it for sure, but being 5-0 and for the first time in over a decade gets all BYU fans hyped no matter the strength of schedule. BYU wasn't even 5-0 and against group of five teams last year, so this shows tremendous improvement and how far this team has come. Is that the Dan Smith? BYU. Yes, very nice. All right, today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Got to go to Danny Sorensen. A one-hand interception to seal the deal for the Chiefs yesterday. There you go, Danny. Uh, Yeah, I'm totally joining you in that effort. That was unbelievable. Dirty Dan cleans up nicely on defense, doesn't he? Very nice, my friend. Our thanks to today's guests on the show. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Garrett 2J. We'll see you tonight for BYU Football with Kalani Satake and AFR.